right, everybody. Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Today is a super special episode, one that I'm really excited to talk about. We've got podcast listener, correctional officer, business owner, Jake Reyes on the podcast today who just closed his first deal. So we're going to be talking all things about that today. So Jake, how's it going, my friend? Good, good, man. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. Uh, thanks for being so willing to hop on the podcast. I know uh, if you guys were following Scott and I on social media, we had just posted a little while back um, when you had texted me yeah. and let me know that you would close your first deal. And I was so pumped. And I turned to Scott and I go, dude, I met this guy you know, a month or two back. He just closed his first deal. And Scott was like, we got to have him on. S- it send him a easy. text. <laughs> it, it, it was easy. Um, so, dude, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, Scott and I even don't even completely know everything of about course. you. So why don't you give us a little bit about yourself and then we'll deep dive into the into the deal. Yeah, I'll just ramble off some stuff and you let me know if you want me to dive deeper into it. Um, yeah. But born and raised right down the road in Sanger, California. Um, done a lot of different various career paths, career choices. We joke with, you know, me and my friends that what what isn't it? What is it that I don't know how to do? Jake of all trades, as they say, um, <laughs> I've done, didn't have any really traditional college, went to Fresno city for like two months and thought, man, this is the same thing as high school. I don't want to want to be here. Yeah. So dipped out of there and uh, decided to try my knack at pharmacy tech, got certified that did it for a little bit and realized I don't want to stand up all day and count pills. So, mm-hmm. um, went into insurance sales for my cousin. He owns a local brokerage here in the Fresno area. And, yeah. um, Started off just passing out flyers, low-level stuff. Got into uh, actually do the insurance sales. Got my license through the state of California. Worked my way up there and was actually managing offices and whatnot for him. At the same time, got a little irritated just sitting behind a desk. I wanted something with a little bit more, you know, action and, and interest. So um, decided to try my knack at um, EMT. So mm-hmm. did that for a little bit and realized it's not really worth getting paid at the time, like twelve bucks an hour to save someone's life, you know? Um, so stuck with insurance was doing really good there, making really good money. But then a woman came in one day and she was looking for a place to put some marketing material, but she wasn't from the area. She's from Los Angeles. We get to talking, told her, Hey, well, here's my number. I'm from the area. If you need any help, just let me know. And I'll be your, your tour guide. Didn't know that she was the director of, of that company. And she was actually looking for someone to help her locally. So, her off for a little bit finally she's like hey i really need someone from the area i just need you to hang these posters i was like all Mm -hmm. right well i guess i can do that pays a couple hundred bucks so went out to fresno area and just started fixing stuff for her and then she kept calling and calling and calling before you knew it she kept offering me a job to do uh, marketing travel the state and then then eventually the country so put it off for a little bit Finally, she was persistent and consistent enough where i was like well let me see what this is about worst case scenario it doesn't work out and i come back Mm-hmm. And she told me that it's only going to be two weeks worth of work in San Francisco, but you got to be in San Francisco the whole time. I said, well, never been really. So let's go try it out. So packed my bags and went and took off from there. Ended up, again, low level entry stuff, hanging posters, worked my way up to their rep position for California, then throughout the whole state. And then eventually I became director of my own department there. Dang. Yeah. And then how did you get into correction? Well, I've always wanted to be in law enforcement. Some stuff on my record kind of hindered me for a long time. It took about seven years. I don't know how many different various times I've applied and whatnot, but I was always mm-hmm. consistent with it. 
and wanting to do it. I, I don't want to have any regrets, you know, by the time I'm old and gray, I want to say, hey, I, I tried it and it didn't work. Or I tried it. I liked it and I stuck with it, whatever it would, would be. So was consistent mm-hmm. and kept applying. And finally, they happened to just call right when the pandemic hit. So I was kind of displaced for a little bit because the marketing firm that I worked with, they dissolved because of the uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. And maybe about six months span, I finally got picked up by uh, by the department and, and moved into that and been doing that ever since. And we were talking a little bit um, before we started the podcast. So recently you've been out due to injury. So you started, um, you know, in the corrections and was doing that for how long before you kind of got injured and you've been out? Uh, I was doing that for about a year and then okay. I got injured and was out. And I'm, I'm a type of guy that I've always had two types of jobs. Even in in my high school days, from 15, I was working at a grocery store, bagging groceries. Even at that time, I still had little side hustles, cutting lawns, doing whatever I could to you know make just extra money. I, I didn't, I don't know how to not stay busy. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of my, my biggest flaws. But yeah, same or, or strengths. Because I was gonna say a, a lot of people, you know, who go out and are injured and they're out of work and whatever. The thing is, if they're still getting paid, sick leave, like whatever it is, people, the majority of people are yeah. lazy, dude. So yeah. the majority of people are not going to be going out there trying to, you know, build a business or go out there and try to build some hu- side hustles. The majority of people are going to be sitting on their ass and, and, you know, just watching the money come in and, and not care. Yeah. And that, that's, uh, you can only barbecue and party so many times, you know, by day three or four, <laughs> you're kind of burnt out about it, you know, and you're like, okay, what what's next? How do I keep myself busy? So um, when the pandemic hit, me and my friend slash uh, colleague at the time from the, the other firm, we decided, well, we already know this business like the back of our hands. We've ran it ourselves at times when we didn't have, you know, the owners managing us and whatnot. And we're responsible for budgets that were upwards of 1.6 million. We traveled the country. Mm-hmm. We literally ran all the ins and outs of it, you know, by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, let's just do it for ourselves and try. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, oh, well. So we started that during the pandemic as well. And, and that was doing good. But obviously with the pandemic, it, it kind of limits you to what we could have done or can or cannot do at that, that time, the way the world was spinning, you know, mm-hmm. and um, decided, hey, well, I'm going to be off a while, I'll focus on this. But also I kept seeing this real estate things pop up. And the only reason it popped up is because I have a probate deal that I actually lived in the house and didn't know that it would eventually blossom into me coming in finding out about wholesaling mm-hmm. so that that started because uh, me and my family lived in the house long story short i knew that i needed to go ahead and, and somehow get this house into our name else maybe the owners come back one day and say hey we we like the property you know there was an agreement there for us to be in the property and you know rent it in a way which we were doing but i knew that at any moment they could possibly just come back and take it from us so i started doing my research about how I could do this, found out that it's called probate, st- started finding out that it's called adverse possession here in California, as long as I pay the property taxes and whatnot. Tried to do it myself a couple years ago, as far as go down to the county and, and get this thing switched over. But I mean, I'm no lawyer. I'm, I'm not a paralegal that, that, right. you know, that as you guys know, all those documents are super confusing if you don't know what you're doing and the court or the county doesn't help you at all. They're just like, we can't give you any information figured out, you know, yeah. kept figuring out, reaching out to people, couldn't figure it out forgot about it for a couple of years. Then when the pandemic hit, I thought, well, I really had, I really got to figure this out. So went to my cousin who is, um, I used to work for, he owns insurance brokerage, you know, shout out Matt Graney. He's a, a mentor of mine, just always looked up to him and he's always helped me along the way with any questions I have. And, and he's been in real estate for 
I would think over 10 years now and he's mm-hmm. done fix and flips, wholesaling, all this stuff and came to him with the, with these problem. Hey, could you help me find a solution here on this probate deal? So we got it worked out and now it's in the process, hopefully closing. But in all that research I was doing for hours on YouTube and Google and whatnot, I came across one of the meetups that uh, Jason Pritchard put on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe someone here can help me, you know? So I went not knowing, I, I went searching for probate information and walked out of there like my mind blown. Like this hey. is what wholesaling is. This is what I would see all those commercials or ads or TVs for, you know, get real estate with no money of your own or no money out of pocket and all this stuff, yeah. not knowing that it was, you know, wholesaling. Yeah. So you started with um, trying to figure out this probate deal. You said your family was living there? Yes. Who yeah. was living there? You? Who else? Uh, me, my mother, and my brother. This was like way back in 2011, 2012. Wow. Yeah. So you started then. You kind of piqued your interest a little bit, mm-hmm. and then it, it fizzled out. And then when the pandemic came about, that's when you re-entered into, oh, I need to figure this out. And that led you to the meetup group. Yeah, that led me to the meetup group. I mean, I have a little bit of real estate background, not anything um, high end. It was just really low entry level. I uh, used to be a property scout for Osborne Homes, and Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what I was doing at the time. I just saw the Craigslist ad, and it's like, go and take pictures of this property and get like 20 bucks a pop. And I'm like, oh, okay. So (laughs) they just sent me a list of properties. I go in the morning, take pictures of, you know, the roof condition, the the AC system, the fence, if there's someone living there, if it's not, if it's vacant, try to peek in the windows, not knowing that those skills would transfer to, you know, wholesaling as well, identifying distressed properties. Right. And so you did that for a little bit. So you've always been like side hustling. Oh yeah. Um, Then come back to the beginning of this year, uh, what was your real estate status at that point? I had no background, no, no, nothing. I mean, I purchased my own home, but I didn't have anything, any knowledge other than that, the property scouts and the purchase of my own home. I mean, my cousin, I would go with him on walkthroughs, like when he would buy his properties, his fix and Uh flips, or he would ask me, Hey, can you, you know, pick up this part or this uh, door or or whatever it was and take it to the handyman or whatnot. And I would see the numbers he, as I'm walking with him, he would talk to the contractors and say, Hey, you know, once I do this, do this, this, I bought it for this, I can fix for that. But I thought in my head, like, well, I got to have a bunch of money like him to go ahead and actually purchase the house for 200 and pay the contractor 50 to finally make the X amount, you know, profit at the end of the day, not knowing that the whole time I could have been wholesaling. Gotcha. So, and just a little bit of background for you guys listening too. So I don't remember the first time we exchanged DMs on Instagram, but I want to say it was maybe like six ish months ago. Yeah. Maybe you would hit me up on one of the podcast episodes we posted, you know, talking back and forth. Um, and then you hit me up and you wanted to meet. So, um, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Come, come by my office. I think it was after, um, the scheduling and calendaring. You wanted to dial in your calendar. So we came in and then we were talking about, um, kind of a little bit of what we've, we've talked about now, but also how to dial in and how to go and find that first deal on your own. Right. So talk us through kind of beginning to end how this deal came to fruition at talk, everything numbers, and then how it went from beginning to end and then officially getting that check. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll take it back just a little further. Cause I feel like it's important for newcomers to know or people who are trying to get their first deal that it, it doesn't happen overnight. Like I was going to these meetups. I think I went to the first Jason Pritchard meetup. I think it was October and walked out of there with a whole plethora of, of knowledge. You know, Jason does a great job of giving back to the community. And, and as far as the community of, uh, of wholesalers and real estate investors, 
got all that information from him, probate, get these lists, do this. So I walked out of there thinking, well, I'm pretty savvy. I feel like I could figure this out, you know? Right. So started doing the research, went to another meetup, um, went to Stratton's meetup with Michael Butler at the hub. You know, those guys always give back as well um, to the wholesale community. Anytime I had a question, I would just reach out and they, and they had an answer. Um, so I went to meetups in October, November, December. So three months of just researching, not really taking action. And finally, in one of the meetups at uh, Butler's and Stratton's uh, at their office, ran into a, a guy named Jamie Maldonado. And we were at the same point. We were trying to figure out how to get a deal. And he said, well, let's just team up and let's go door knocking. He's like, I'll pull a pre-foreclosure list and let's go. I actually had surgery December 20th. And I was maybe not even two weeks uh, after having surgery. We were out door knocking. I'm out there door knocking with a brace. <laughs> we just had a list. And we, I wrote this letter saying, hey, you know, understand that your house might be in pre-foreclosure. We can help. Go ahead and call this number. Mm -hmm. uh, my name's Jake. I just stopped by today. So we're door knocking for a little bit and, and we didn't get a deal segues into January and I'm like, okay, well, I'm really going to be focused on this. Like, yeah, I don't have really anything other than my plate. I'm going to put all my time and energy into this two weeks later. I'm like, I still haven't got a deal. I don't know how to get this. I know that I could door knock. I know that I can hang uh, door hangers. I know that I can cold call. I know I can ball these lists. Mm -hmm. There's just so many methods to choose from that. I was just scattered all over the place. Yeah. So I thought, well, I got to figure this out fast. And I've been seeing all these ads for different mentorships and programs and this. And I thought, well, the only way to get there fast enough is you, you got to pay. You got to pay to get there to get the shortcuts. So I was not really getting anywhere on my own as far as I was making progress as far as knowledge and experience by I went on my first appointment, found this house on Facebook, went on my first appointment, um, made the, the guy and his mother an offer after I kind of looked at the house and the guy blocked my phone call <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> from the price, you know? So I'm like, well, like, I, I don't know if this is going to happen. Like, I don't know if I can pull this off just because the lack of, not the lack of skill, but just the lack of experience and knowledge, you know, I didn't know what to do from there. Like, okay, I get shut out. How do I find another deal? I mean, I'm driving for dollars. I'm trying to skip trace. I'm trying to do all this and really getting nowhere. Mm -hmm. So I ended up just uh, coming across Jamil Danji's program, the Astro flipping and thought, well, let me just call it and see what this is about. Called, had a consultation, and it was like eight grand or something. I'm like, all right, Jeez. well, I don't have eight grand to spend on this. Um, started negotiating a price with them, and finally I got all the way down to like monthly installments, something that I could actually uh, afford at the time and, and invest into that. And I thought, well, I didn't tell the program this, but in my mind I knew you only have enough money to cover two months of this program. You know, if you don't get a deal within these 60 days, I mean, you're, you're fucked. Like you're, you just squandered that money away and you, you didn't show up and you didn't prove it to yourself, you know? So joined it and gave myself a deadline. I, I remember I was sitting there going through the program. I knocked out like half of it, like in a week, cause I was just determined to get something going. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I got to set a goal. I got to set a deadline. I wrote on my dry race board over my office desk. Hey, I will get a deal within the next seven days. Mm -hmm. And it was a little over that. It was like nine days later, I finally uh, found a deal and locked it up and, and it wow. was in motion. But the, the deal, the, the details of that is one of the methods they show you is just, you know, call real estate agents, call real estate agents, introduce yourself, ask them if they have anything in their pipeline, anything on their desk, anything that's really not MLS ready. Maybe it's been on the market too long, or maybe it's a stubborn seller and they, they want an astronomical price and just make an offer and see what they say. 
a little nervous about it, but I thought, well, I don't want to look like a fool to, you know, a well-established agent here and kind of tarnish my name with them if I say the wrong thing or they don't take me serious or stop answering my phone calls. So I just reached out to my cousin who's a realtor and said, well, I'm going to practice the script on him. And if Mm -hmm. it works, then it works. If it doesn't, maybe he's honest enough to give me some feedback and that will, you know, give me a little bit more experience and, and practice for the next one. Lo and behold, he had a deal. He was like, hey, well, yeah, I got this house. This guy's trying to get rid of it. Uh, 1031 exchange and whatnot. So I knew by going to the meetups and stuff, I heard that phrase and researched it that, that you have a time frame to get this done. So I knew that that was the, that was the motivation for the seller identifying that. So I said, okay, well, let me run the numbers and, and figure this out. Hung up the phone. I'm like, all right, what the hell do I do next? <laughs> I got the address. What do I do? So I started punching in the numbers, figuring out ARVs and whatnot. I actually went down to the house, looked at it. Uh-huh took pictures of it, just doing what I learned with the, you know, scouting properties and okay, well, it's pretty good shape, you know, let's see what we can do. So ran the numbers, got the ARV and said, okay, well, this should be my max allowable offer. I'm just going to shoot it over, shot it over. He's like, well, we're a little off, but I'll see what the seller says. Seller came back the next day about 17,000 over what I thought, but I go, well, just going to go for it. Yeah, I'll take it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was on a Tuesday, I believe. And that Thursday, uh, again, Jason, Dean, and Stratton uh, put on a meetup here in yeah. Fresno as well. Um, a, another reason why those guys are great for giving back to the community, because if it wasn't for that meetup, I wouldn't have met my buyer. I had seen my buyer there once before at a different meetup, mm-hmm. happened to just run into him there and ran into him in the parking lot and said, hey, man, I have this deal. It's, I'm going to put it under contract tomorrow. Would you like first shot at it? And he was like, yeah, sure. Actually, second shot, I offered it to another buyer. But... Uh, I told him, hey, I already offered to somebody else, but if they pass, would you like it? He's like, absolutely. Put it under contract the next day, shot it over, and he was interested. Dude. So let's run that back. There was a lot of things that people, I think a lot of other people might have got stuck up on. Yeah. But you you did a good job. So you were wanting to get a deal quick. Quick. A A lot of people who are listening, we always tell them, like, dude, this takes time. Be patient. You were like, screw it. I'm gonna fast track it. Yeah. So you went. You found a national flipper mm-hmm. and his program, and when they came to you and said you need to pay us eight thousand, you didn't have the eight thousand. No. And instead of stopping there, you said, "Fuck it, I'll negotiate it." Yep. And you negotiated them down to installment payments. Yes. Okay. So that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's that was the first thing I wanted to like point out. And then you set a goal, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you like really dove deep into that course right away. Yep. And for the first time outside of your door knocking, right when you learned the information, you took massive action. Oh yeah. Pick up the phone, like just put one foot in front of the other. Just, I I would say that's the biggest thing. I know people hear it all the time. Cliches, you know, what do I do? What do I do? Just, just do something. Motion creates emotion. Just pick up the phone, go outside, download a list, send a text message. There's so many methods now that I really think about it. You can print out a letter like I did. It didn't look fancy, but I just stuffed it in an envelope and stuck it on their screen door and hoping they would call. I did get a couple calls, no serious ones, but that took me a step further, a little nudge me a little right. closer, nudge me a little closer. Same thing with the text message. Just send a text. Worst they're going to do is not respond. Mm-hmm. Maybe the worst they insult you, but oh well, just delete the message. You don't have to see it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I had a funny text message. I wish I had screenshotted it recently from the one that I showed you and Colin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not social media. Yeah. Uh, appropriate. appropriate. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. So then not only did you then dive in, so you paid for a program, you learned it, you took action. 
your first thought was, I'm going to call somebody I know and yeah. practice the script. Yep. And essentially, it sounded like you weren't expecting him to have a deal as much as no. you were hoping he was going to give you feedback on, hey, you know, you sound like an idiot or that was great, you know, so that you could go do it with strangers. Yeah, because, I mean, my relationship with him was obviously just family oriented, just not really, you know, we talk about his deals here and there because I just like hearing what people do. That's one thing that... I will say that is a good skill to have is anytime you're around someone who does something that you're slightly interested in, just ask questions. Mm -hmm. Or if you're around someone who is much more successful than you, it doesn't matter if they own 100 restaurants or they own a shoe cleaning business or whatever it is, or a a landscaping business. If they're more successful to you, ask that person questions because they've done something along the way that might trigger something in you to move you to that next level or or get you off the ledge, you know? Wow. And was this cousin... Um, the agent you mentioned mm-hmm. that that had that you know kind of pocket deal, is that the same cousin who? No, totally okay, different. totally yeah. different cousin. Yeah. I wanted to clarify. Yeah. So totally different cousin, but licensed agent. License you hit agent. him up, and then boom. Yeah, and he had <laughs> never done a wholesale deal before either. So it was someone new with someone new, and I'm trying to walk us both down this path together. So yeah, that that is one thing that helped me learn a little bit more details too. Is you just have to figure it out. Like there's so many things along the way that I vividly remember like driving home one day from looking at the house and just like white knuckling my steering wheel. Like this is not going to fucking happen. Like I'm not going to get this deal because I don't know what the next move is. I don't know what the next step is that this question was asked or this needs to be accomplished somehow. And I don't know how to accomplish it, you know? So I just, you know, sucked it up for a little bit and just picked up the phone and just started calling people. Hey, I have this situation. How do I do this? I have this, how do you know? And just yeah. figured it out along the way. And the people you were calling, how did you know? Them? Um, well, one of them is my cousin, the the one that's insurance. been in real estate for the insurance uh, broker. Uh, he's been just a tremendous help, not along the way of just this deal, but just in general with other things in my life, you know? Um, but this deal specifically, I would just call him and he was like, oh yeah, it's just this. Like it was a simple fix to me. It was like the deal's falling apart. He was like, <laughs> oh no, you just say this or you just do this. Or yeah, just when you talk to the seller or the escrow or the buyer or whatever, just use this phrase. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Like, mm-hmm. thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then after all of this, you ran your numbers. I assume you learned how to run your numbers from Jamil's course. Yeah. From Jamil's course does a great job of, of giving you just, um, a breakdown, a thorough breakdown on how to do it. And obviously every, every deal is going to be different. You know, every area is going to be different, but they have a good baseline for you. If you're a novice to this, you have no experience at all. It's a lot better than, you know, the YouTube stuff, because that could be for some guy in Georgia or some guy on the East coast and just totally different numbers are going to be run or profits, you know? Yeah. So when you looked at it, you were able to calculate an ARV Mm -hmm. uh, after repair value. How did you do that? Um, Well, they teach you on there just how to go ahead and take uh, the comps in the area and then multiply it by whatever percentage is on the chart. So you literally just find your city that you're doing the deal in, and there's a number, and you just multiply that, and that will give you your max allowable offer. Really? Yeah. That's very interesting. So, okay, so what was the what was the ARV, and what was your max allowable offer? The ARV, there's a couple on there, but I think we got it down to about 300. It was so, kind of fluctuating. There was like 290, 305, and mm-hmm. I, I will say, too, the, the meetups are a great thing. Again, I, I want to, you know, backtrack or touch on that again because at the meetups I, I met so many different people and connected with them on social media i'm talking about the local meetups here in fresno that jason stratton michael dean all these guys are putting on um and with those connections i was able to reach out to them and say hey i'm trying to comp this property can you give me a second opinion can you give me you know so i got three or four of those yeah. by you know those people that i made connections with and that kind of helped me along the way as well gotcha so you you locked it in you said to yourself this thing's worth 300 yeah what was your max allowable offer 
the max allowable offer was two. I think it was like two thirty something. Wow. So yeah. you went to an agent and you said, Hey, I know that this house is worth more. Mm-hmm. This is your cousin, but I can only offer you two thirty something. Yeah. It was, uh, I think I offered one night. The guy I already knew what the seller wanted. The seller wanted two. So I thought, well, I'll come in a little lower. Maybe he'll meet me a little lower. <laughs> Completely hey, opposite. <laughs> I went 190. He came back way over at 207, 17 over. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I'll take it. Who cares? I don't want to haggle with this guy because it seems like maybe he's irritated with it, you know? Okay. So, and, and I knew that he was in a time crunch. So I was like, I'm just going to strike while the iron's hot and let's just, let's just get it now. So you picked it up for 207. Yes. And you picked that up. You said, was it the day of a meetup or you had it scheduled to lock it up the following? I had it scheduled to lock it up the following day, which was Friday. And the meetup just happened to be Thursday. So Thursday wow. night. Yeah. Without so, that meetup, I wouldn't have found the buyers. Were you pretty hot going into that meetup thinking to yourself, like, I got to find a buyer? No, or I didn't thinking? even go in there thinking that. That's the crazy part is I just went in there just to just to go to the meetup and see what value I can gain from from everyone around me, network a little bit. Um, Jamie and me, we had texts before, like, hey, let's go to this meetup. Actually, um, uh, a friend of mine, former coworker, uh, Genesis, she was going to be there. So we met up there as well and uh, just started networking, running into people, and just by chance walked out and ran into my buyer. Dude, how did that conversation look? Very simple. Hey, how's it going? It's me. Oh, yeah, yeah. How you doing? Great, great, great. Hey, I got this deal. Going to lock it up tomorrow. It's this, 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 this. Gave him a little bit of details. Would you be interested in it? Yeah, of course. Send it my way. Did you give him a price? Uh, Yeah, gave him, a, uh, gave him a price. What price did you give him? I think I gave him 230 ish something, 230-something. Yeah, we, we negotiated a little bit, mm-hmm. and even that was an experience. I thought I was going to lose a deal then because <laughs> I'm like, well, the buyer's negotiating me, and I see the profits dropping, but then I realized don't focus on hitting a home run. Just just get on base. That's exactly it. Yeah. So you were just talking about that, I feel like, multiple times, Ugh. like these past like two weeks. That exact phrase too. Like every single deal does not have to to be be a a home run, run, especially your first deal. Yes, you're. I mean, you'll get those home runs, right? But if you're out there and only looking for home run deals, you're you're never gonna get. You're never gonna be as successful. (laughs) Yeah, you're not gonna get a deal. You're never gonna be. You're just putting your time into your experience off. You just keep pushing it back, pushing it back. Just get this deal. And you're going to learn from it and it's going to help you grow to the next one, the next yeah. one, the next one that they will follow, you know? Yeah. So you, so you dealt with the, the struggle of negotiating with the seller mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, lock it up. And then when you went to the buyer, you were a little bit surprised that the buyer was pretty tough on their numbers and they, they started bargaining with you. Yeah. I mean, I now looking back on, it, I see why, I mean, they have a profit they have to make. Excuse me. The deal was a little skinny for them, so they came down a little bit. It wasn't a deal breaker, and I just knew I just had to lock it up. I, di- I didn't want to take any chance of all that stress from just. There was a lot of things weighing on me. Hey, yeah. I already put the money. I have money on the table in this in in the course. I gave myself a deadline. I'm coming up on that deadline. I just passed the deadline, and I already found something. I, I to me it was luck of the draw. You know, just deal, play the hand that you're dealt, which was I just happened to call him. My cousin, the real estate agent, he had a deal. This has to work. I have to make this work. Right. So even if I would have made five thousand, two thousand, I I still would have done the deal just so I could get on the board. Right. And you're at you're at two oh seven, and you're negotiating with your buyer. You you kind of give them a two thirty. What's the number you guys ultimately settle on? Uh, two twenty three. Two twenty three. So that puts you at a sixteen thousand dollar yeah. first deal, dude. I'd say that's more than just a little single 
uh, you know, base maybe hit on double. your first yeah. one. Maybe a, yeah, <laughs> double, dude. That dude, that is freaking awesome. So, how long was your escrow start to finish? Twenty one days. Twenty one. Every days. bit of twenty one days. I'm like, it's gonna close sooner, and then just again. Th- the agent had never really done a wholesale. So he's has these forms out to sign. And I'm like, no, I just have to do the assignment contract. And now I'm kind of having that imposter syndrome. You know, I'm waiting for the seller or the buyer or the agent to pick up the out. phone and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Or, Hey, like <laughs> you don't know any of this or are you even, you know, are you pulling something over on me or whatnot? Cause it was just, I'd never been there before. Everything was so unfamiliar to me. Yeah. So I'm trying to navigate all those emotions while trying to figure out how to talk to escrow or, or how to approach the seller on this or approach the the buyer on this or how to approach the agent on this. And he's having me, you know, presenting me these forms, these car forms that I have to sign. And I'm like, I don't think I signed that. You know, I don't think we need this addendum and, and so you wholesaled on a car form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Dude, crazy. That, that is crazy. So instead, so it was through your cousin who's an agent and you, you guys were using all the car form paperwork as opposed to like a regular direct sale purchase agreement and assignment contract. Yeah. So you guys used, you guys ran everything through the car forms yep. in 21 days. Yep. Don't you have to disclose your, uh, don't you have to disclose your assignment fee? That was an issue too. That was, they were going back and forth. Finally, we got clarification from, from title. No, I, I didn't because there were seller or the buyers were really going to see it on the, on the settlement statement. No, for car forms. Oh yeah. So he saw that. Yeah. So, and he was what like, did the seller say, uh, I don't know what the seller said, but the agent was like, Oh, well you're making this much. And I, and I was like, yeah. And he was like, Oh, okay. Like he didn't really care. And it, wow. at the end of the day, it got the signature of the seller. Yeah. Cause he, <laughs> dude, dude, that's crazy. This is a, a perfect example. You're, you're setting a great <laughs> example for the people who like keep asking how instead of just doing just it. Just do yeah. Like there's no excuse. <laughs> I was listening to something on the way over here. Um, well I listened to it like, get me motivated i don't know if you guys ever seen the movie glenn glary glenn ross with alec baldwin but it's about real estate sales and whatnot but part of his speech is he's like the money's out there if you don't pick it up if you pick it up it's yours if you don't pick it up i have no sympathy for you because there's no excuse to to not make money out here Mm -hmm. same way like you you have to figure it out not to sound like a like a dick or a hard ass but just figure it out like i know people say that all the time but just take action and just keep the course because somewhere along the way, just reach out for help. Someone's going to help you. If you have a deal, someone will help you. Absolutely. Whether they have an, an interest in the deal or if they don't, but they doing it maybe out of just the kindness of their heart or they see that you're motivated. So they want to help you. Or maybe you're going to repay them back in, in a way later down the road, whether it's bringing them a deal or helping them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of in aha moment everybody listening we sound like a broken record and i know i even said like to you i sound like a broken record when we were meeting because it's so and i was reading something earlier today on social media where it's simple right but it's not easy those those are two different things what we're doing here is simple but it's but it's not easy and we sound like a broken record telling people to go network and go network uh, with authority, go out to these meetups, go and take action, do your research, spend hours on YouTube or listening to podcasts or reaching out to other investors and then just take action. And I mean, it's literally right here, it plain and simple that it, it literally works yeah, just, with, without fail. Just, it works. Just take action. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, I'm nothing special, you know, yeah. 
yes, I, I have different, you know, experiences and whatnot. I think all those experiences kind of help mold the situation because it be every job that I've had or every career path that I've taken, every experience has gave me something to take away from that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but that shouldn't let anyone stop you. I mean, I am not a genius. I didn't have a 4.0. I barely graduated high school, you know, and, and all these things, but I show up, I show up every day and I do the work. If someone tells me do this, 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 and this order, just do it. Don't question it. If someone more successful than you is telling you do this, then do it. If they tell you stand up right now, just stand up. It's going to be part of the process. Just do yeah. it. We, I can see you doing a lot more deals. I mean, you have the headspace for it. Um, you're you're already more refined than me in a lot of ways in the sense that like you already told yourself on deal one you were like don't care about the profit get on base yeah. i mean that's taken me four years to figure out um your willingness to just pay to learn has already i mean you've already made more than if you had not paid for that course. of course yeah it's already paid for it and you paid for itself and double right because yep. i bet did you end up having to pay the full eight grand uh it's still an installment so i still have to make that those payments you know right but, but you made 16 so you yeah. made double that so you you made the money to pay for it and you still made what a lot of people would consider a normal wholesale fee of course and then you also you went to network and you went with the right intentions and you got paid for it yeah i mean you didn't go it sounds like you didn't go to make a buck off somebody you went to mm -hmm. learn and then you happened to bump into the person that it was a right fit for you guys to work together. Yeah. And, and you just have to have that faith. If you go in something with a good intention and good vibes, it's going to repay you back. The universe is going to answer it, you know? And that's yeah. one thing too. I, I know you guys are both religious as well. You know, and I think you said you're a Christian, you're Catholic. Mm -hmm. I'm Catholic as well. And one of the big part of it too, is I just prayed for this deal to, to, to be successful and not, in the sense of money, I wasn't praying, Hey, God, give me money. I need it because I don't have a career. I have money coming in. I have other, you know, ventures that I'm involved in. So the thing wasn't money. The thing was mm -hmm. let this deal happen so I can prove to myself that it's real. And that way I can take this knowledge and experience and help someone else with it in their journey along the way to get their first deal. Because maybe to me, the 16,000 isn't life changing. I'm not going to, you know, change my whole uh, lifestyle or feed, you know, my family for six more months or pay my rent. But maybe that next person in line is maybe mm -hmm. 16 is going to be life changing for them and take them out of a hole and take their their family from poverty to, to middle class or whatever it may be. Yeah. So I wanted it to close so I can help people. And, and my prayers have been answered. I have had people just flooding in from the program. Hey, I need my first deal. How can you help me? How can you help me? And I'm just taking as many calls and text messages as I can, yeah. because for me, it wasn't really life changing, but for them, it, it may be. And here you are, you're, you're sharing your story. What Cade and I noticed is we started the podcast with no intention of making any money off of it. Yeah. And we've gotten so much more immense uh, joy just hearing people like you or um, like Veronica on episode 50 or Hugo. Hugo. Uh, a lot of people who have just made money from just listening and being a part of the community and being able to share their stories with as many people as possible. So I yeah, mean, that's yeah. really cool of you. Yeah, and you have to. And, and one thing that I was telling myself, I think this is very important as well, is I didn't, like I said, it wasn't the amount of money I was going to make. And I told this to everyone that I've encountered so far after the deal is take away from this and close a deal, not for the money, not for the 5, 10, 15, 20, 25,000, whatever it is, but so you can prove to yourself that you now have the know-how and the experience and the ability to pick up the phone and make fucking money at any time of the day. You can literally pick up the phone tomorrow and put yourself in a position to make another 20, another 25, 30, 40, even if it's 10, but you now have that confidence to do it. Yeah. I love that. That, that is way more than this $16,000. Yeah. And so you closed that. How, how recently or how long ago was, did that close? Uh, the 22nd. So 
Today's the 31st. Yeah. Shoot. Eleven days. Well, yeah. <clears throat> Nine days. So you closed out a little over a week ago. Um, you've got the profits from that deal. What is your plan next? Because I, I don't know if you've talked to a lot of people in the program or out there. I know um, at a lot of people, when they get that first check, you know, whatever it is, even if it's 5, 10, 15, for whoever's doing their first deal, a lot of people see that and they go, like oh shit yeah. <laughs> like that it it's a big amount of money yeah right it's right a large, yeah no doubt um, and people forget that they've also yes you've done your first deal but how are you gonna maximize that and go out and continue to do more deals so i'm curious what your plan is moving forward now after having that one close yeah just identifying now the the methods i want to accomplish that in as far as obtaining deals so Still going to call around to agents and see, you know, if they have anything for me. I did order, took your advice and got the door hangers. So those are in the mail. They're coming in, you know. Um, and then I was talking to Stratton about this and I got to, you know, reconnect with him on it. But reinvesting, you know, at least 30, 40, 50 percent of, of that money back into whether it be data or callers or whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. at this point, it's it's almost addicting, you know. Okay, I did it this way. How can now what happens if I actually put this amount of money in? Let's see what could happen next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Which is, I think, the the complete right mindset to yeah. have. And I, and I was assuming you were yeah. gonna have the answer like that, but I wanted to ask just in case. When do you go back to your day job? Um, depending on recovery, I'm still recovering right now. It's looking maybe Juneish, Julyish. You know. So you have a few months to do a few more deals. What happens if you uh, pop off and you make a hundred thousand before you go back? You know, I've been that's really been weighing on me a lot lately. You know, I've worked hard to get where I am to get that position. Um, it's always been you know something I want to do for seven, eight, nine years, probably even longer than that. You know, I, I get a, a a sense of pride you get when you put on a uniform and a badge. You know, it, it's something that I really can't explain. I mean, if you guys played sports, it's like putting on your, your, your mm-hmm. football jersey or your baseball jersey, you know, and, and you just have that pride with it. Um, so I definitely want to keep doing it and I do plan on it, but I mean, who knows who when knows? that time comes? Yeah. Yeah. And how it, how's your, that job when you go back, um, back to corrections, is it full time? Is it part time? How do you, obviously you don't plan to stop any of your businesses are continuing to grow your real estate. So what's your schedule going to look like? How do you plan to kind of balance those and still do what I'm picking up on is a passion of yours, right? I mean, going into corrections, uh, the pride of putting on the uniform and the badge that doesn't even seem like to me that it's really, you know, uh, money driven for you either. Um, so pursuing that passion while also continuing to build your business, what's your plan to kind of, you know, do both. Yeah. The good thing is my schedule that I have currently allows me to do that. So I do have a good chunk of free time in the mornings and early afternoons to, to keep accomplishing this. Um, but also I just told myself it's time to, uh, it's funny because my cousin would always say this, like you have a lot of potential, but once you finally decide to spread your rings, like you're, you're going to do great things, you know, and it's just time to cut out all the BS, you know, all the unnecessary, you know, meetups or the unnecessary things like social media or just, you know, messing around watching Netflix or whatnot. Like if you're serious Mm -hmm. about growing yourself and and making money, like it's going to take those little things that other people aren't going to do. 90% of people are going to want to be hooked on the new show or or the new movie or whatever it is, or or go have the happy hour cocktails on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. (laughs) And, you know, before you know it, all your weekend is four days is just gone, you know, but if you sacrifice and put that away and learn something that can really 
earn you some some really life-changing money like you you have to be serious about it and you don't have to wake up at four in the morning and, and take cold showers and, and do all this extreme <laughs> stuff you know like they work no doubt they work for some people but but just making that decision to say hey i'm going to be better than i was today and i'm going to take this to the next level you know because i, I mean that. i'll be honest with you i i do do the scheduling but you know i work out but it, it, it's nothing really special like me and my cousin were just talking about this the one who you know is the insurance broker and he goes, you know, like, I don't really do the cold shower. I don't, you know, look in front of the mirror and, and say these mantras or anything. He was like, just go out and do it. Just pick up the phone. And 90% and of people won't pick up the phone. They'll make some excuse why. Oh, I'll do it after I watch the show. Oh, I'll do it after I send this text message. Or, you know what? I haven't had my coffee yet. Or, you know, I just I don't feel good today. I don't feel 100%. Like, you're never going to feel 100% every day. You know, mm -hmm. just you just have the difference between the winners and the losers is the winners always find a way to win. The losers always find a way to lose. Don't find a way to lose. Just wake up in the morning and find a way to win. And that's something we've talked about too, is people getting too bogged in or, or, <laughs> or like bogged down in the how, yeah. right? Like if people get so worked up and so caught up and you know, how, how do I exactly do this? How do I exactly do that? Instead of just going out there just and just freaking doing it. Yeah. You know, if you're going out to door knock or pick up the phone and call for the first time, you're going to you're going to stumble. Yeah, right. There, there's does. no doubt about that. But it's about putting in the reps. It didn't cost you a single thing to pick up the phone nope. and call a bunch of agents. Right. Nope. Um, then it cost you anything to go out and knock on doors. Yes. You printed out some things, put them in a letter, uh, which you didn't even have to do. You could go out and door Just knock door by knock. yourself. Yeah. Doesn't cost you a thing. Right. So you don't need all this extravagant marketing or, or anything to get started. I mean, that, that was a perfect example. Just going out and doing it. Just do it. I mean, just find out what's going to motivate you too. like going back to the routines. I know people have these routines and they, they do work. I do take little bits of it. You know, I, I write down my goals. I write them on the dry erase board so I can visualize them and they're in my face. Even my yearly goals, they're posted on my bathroom mirror. So I see them every day throughout the year. Hey, you wrote down this January 1st, you got to accomplish it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it keeps you on your toes about that and keeps you honest about it. Um, but we were just joking around too about find someone who you want to be like, create a persona. I don't know if you guys ever seen two for the money with Matthew McConaughey. It's about mm -hmm. a sports handicapper, but Matthew McConaughey has one persona, which he's a former college football player and he's just trying to find his way through life. And his second persona is John Anthony, where he's this crazy, elite sports handicapper, you know, nine, the 900 King, you know, and you have to kind of find that, that not be fake, but find that personality persona, you know, find that persona of, Hey, well, would this person do it this way? Would, you know, Gordon Greco do it this way or would Jordan Belfort do it this way? Or, you know, whoever it is from whatever your favorite movie is, just watch these movies and learn the way these guys walk and talk, but also learn the way that they're motivated. They always find a way to win. You mm -hmm. know? Well, we're going to be wrapping this up pretty soon here. What, what would you want to sh share? I think the people that are going to be listening to this podcast are predominantly going to be people who were where you were just a couple months ago. I mean, what would you talk to yourself right now looking back and talking to that person? Just keep digging. Keep digging that hole. Keep digging that hole because you're going to find that diamond soon enough. You know? You'll never know how close you are until you get there. But don't live with regret. Like, I've had so many different experiences in my life. I've had a near-death experience that completely changed my life. And it goes back to that Confucius uh, quote, you know, every man has two lives and he realizes the, he finds a second one once he realizes he only has one, you know. And after that event in my life, it just completely 
changed me where I'm like, don't live with no regret. I always picture myself at, you know, hopefully 65, 75, 85, 90, you know, on my deathbed. And it sucks to say, but, you know, they're thinking, did I accomplish everything I want in life? Do I have any regrets? You know, mm-hmm. and it's kind of morbid to think of that, but really put it in that perspective. You know, today is not guaranteed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. It's guaranteed as right now in this moment and just take action. Pick up the phone. If you fail, you're going to be right back at square one. And guess what? You could just try another way or try another way or try another way. Just keep fitting the pieces together. Keep trying it out. And last thing, you mentioned you've got your goals for the year written up on your bathroom mirror so you can see them. You close your first deal uh, right before the end of Q1 here in, in late March. What's your goal, at least in your real estate business, throughout the end of 2022 it was three deals and i remember i told uh stratton hey i want to do three deals like a hundred thousand he was like get new goals like you got <laughs> like you <laughs> got to shoot higher you what's know? funny after we wrapped up the podcast with him um a couple weeks ago he told me the same thing yeah he, he told me the same thing he was like aim higher scratch, scratch out those deals dude what are you thinking yeah so right now I, I like to get at least two to three deals consistently a month the dollar amount doesn't matter i just want to do the deals i want to make the connections I want to make the connections with real estate agents, with wholesalers, with buyers, with sellers, everyone. And eventually more deals will come, you know, towards the end of the year or the following year and so on and so on. Sweet, man. Well, for everybody out there listening, I think um, this is one of the most impactful episodes for the, the intended audience we had when we were starting the podcast was helping young people, young entrepreneurs go out and buy, sell, and invest in real estate, right? And I think you've been one of the most profound and like perfect examples of what we try and preach to people 50 plus episodes in, bringing on these guests to also talk about so we don't sound like a broken record. Um, but it's been awesome to see, dude. I mean, when when you, sh- when you shot me that text saying you closed your first deal, dude, I was, like Scott was saying, uh, the feeling we get from people who took whatever value from, you know, this little podcast we have going on and went out and did their first deal, dude, it just makes us so happy, dude. And I am so freaking pumped for you. And like Scott said, I, I definitely see you closing a bunch more deals, dude. You've got, you're in the right mindset. You're not somebody who's going to go out there, close their first deal and say, you know, peace. You're going to go out there and do it, dude. So thank you for coming on and sharing your story um with everybody where can people find you um on social media what, what's the best way to find you um instagram if you go to kate or scott you can find me at big snake jake with two e's um and facebook <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's an old name from way back in uh, the twitter days when twitter first came out like 2000 i remember you guys might be too young but uh if you didn't have a smartphone back like in 2009 you actually text your tweets to like a phone number and twitter would post uh, them online i remember that yeah so i mean that was um uh, Jake the snake was taken by some guy. So I was like, well, let me just reverse it a little bit. And that was taken. So I had to add another E at the end <laughs> and it's just stuck. I'm going to have to change it to maybe Jake REI or something. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I like it, dude. I yeah. Say, I, say, I say keep it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thanks guys for always giving content back, putting value. I know you guys take time out of your day once a week and you guys have been consistent with it. Uh, it is working. I would just want to say to the listeners out there, do not let these two guys waste their time, you know? Their, their time, don't let it go and waste it. Take what they're giving back, the information, the knowledge, the experience, and put it into play, put it into action. And just one final thing. You guys can see it. Um, 
if you're watching, I also want to thank Jake. Uh, he brought in a bottle of whiskey for us, a bottle of Gentleman Jack. So now Scott and I literally have zero excuse um, to not have our first podcast where we're at least sipping on something, <laughs> especially when a podcast listener and a guest brought it in for us. So, Jake, th- thanks yeah, for the hopefully gift, Hopefully it's man. a recurring thing. The future <laughs> guests out there, make sure you keep the tradition. And, and, and I want to see a whole liquor shelf later down the road. Oh, God. I like the thought. I don't know if we'll be able to survive that. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. It. Appreciate and, it. Uh, all your knowledge. Awesome. Thanks,